about to listen to a sermon from Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church. As a church, we want to see whole communities captivated by Jesus Christ and living out His freedom. second reading comes from Acts chapter 11, starting at verse 19. It can be found on page 1090. Acts 11 from verse 19. Now those who'd been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down to Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up, and through through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. They did this, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Good evening. You may notice that I'm having difficulty speaking. That means at least it will be short. (laughs) As Matt mentioned, we're starting a new series and we're thinking about the second half of Acts and we're thinking about the unstoppable Christ. Christ does not stop. There is victory. He reigns in heaven. He's in charge. He's over all the earth. He knows what's going on. And yet, very realistically, there's challenge. There's challenge after challenge after challenge. There's persecution. There's cultural and religious clashes. There's theological disputes. There's intellectual challenges. There's dark spiritual forces. There's losing incredible leaders. There's political intrigue. Christ is victorious. He's unstoppable. But Acts is very real about the challenges involved. And what I love is Acts kind of peels back the curtain And we get to see behind what is going on. 
We get to see behind the challenges. We get to see what Christ is doing as the victorious Christ. We get to see how this works out. And it's exciting. It's very hopeful. It's challenging, but it's encouraging. And tonight, as we look at this particular passage, there are two things that I'm going to use as our theme to try and help us understand what's going on. What becomes very evident is that the Lord's hand was with them. As people begin to meet as their first called Christians, you notice that new category? They had never been before. The followers of the way become Christians. This new category of Jews and Gentiles gathered around Christ. The Lord's hand is with them. And along the way we meet Barnabas. And Barnabas is the great encourager. And what he says is, look at what the grace of God has done. He notices what God is doing. And so in this chapter, we see a number of things taking place which show the Lord's hand, but also show God's grace in what is taking place. And I just want to notice four of them, and I want to notice them quickly. Come with me as we look together. One of the first things we notice is that evil is turned to good. Chapter 11 picks up where chapter 8 left off. Stephen was stoned. Imagine you were one of the Christians or one of the people of the way looking on. Christ is resurrected. People are coming to know him. It seems like the movement is moving forward. People in Jerusalem and Samaria are coming to know who Jesus is. It's exciting times. And then the political authorities stone him. Stone Stephen. And what we discover is that that has real effects. Because people are scattered because of the persecution. It's ongoing. Imagine you're there in your apartment. You have your life. You have your workplace. You have your food. You have your friends. And you're a follower of the way, the follower of Jesus. And people hear about it. And you have to run for your life. You have to leave. But this evil is turned to good. Because as people scatter, they take the word of God with them. And they find themselves in Antioch. And Antioch becomes the greatest church planting place in that time. Thousands of people come to know Christ. Not just there, but beyond. And so what would seem like something that would destroy them suddenly is taken and they're scattered and God uses something evil for his purposes. And that's the way that he works, isn't it? You see that on the cross. That most despicable, terrible event where it looks like the whole world is against God. And in Jesus Christ, we see something so evil become a source of life. 
a source of hope, a source of a future. Now, the truth is, this continues to happen. Some of you will know I've been away a little while, and when I was away, I went to Israel and met with 2,000 other Anglicans from 50 different nations. It was quite a picture when we saw 300 bishops all robed. It was quite amazing. But anyway, we met all kinds of different people, and in our small group, we had a Rwandan man, a Rwandan bishop and his wife, and they were still dealing with the effects of genocide. In the Nigerian, we also had a Nigerian bishop and his wife, and they were dealing with the effects of persecution and prosperity gospel, people turning away from God to worship material things. But also in Nigeria, Christians are being killed. Reports just recently suggest 6,000 in the last couple of months. In the last couple of weeks, in this bishop's area, villages have been burned, people have lost their lives, ministers have lost their lives because they're Christians. This bishop became one of the leaders of the conference that I was at and ongoing leader, remarkable man. I won't read the words, you can read them for yourself. But he knows what it means to be persecuted. Just in the last couple of weeks, his compound has been broken into, his cows have been stolen, and one of his workers has been killed. This man has five or six kids of his own, but he's adopted 52 orphans. He knows the results of persecution. And look at what he says. Here is a man God has sent to turn what is evil to something that's good. God's hand is with him. And the grace of God is evident. As we continue through the passage, what also becomes evident is that God uses ordinary people to change the world. Did you notice as they scatter, they don't mention who the people are? These are people who have come under the teaching, we think, of Stephen. They're not named. They're just part of the people escaping. But such is their heart for Jesus, they can't help but talk about him. And they talk about him not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles, to the Greeks. And they love Jesus. We, will, we don't know who they are. And what that tells me is that God is very much about using ordinary people. The hand of God is at work in the ordinary, in our lives, in your and my, my lives. He works with those who follow him, who love him, with the ordinary. I don't know whether you feel ordinary. Sometimes I feel pretty ordinary. And yet God's grace is evident 
and is working through me and through you so often in surprising ways. And they've been telling people about the good news of Jesus. As I've reflected on this, I want to introduce you to this man. It's my dad. He was one of the most ordinary men you could ever meet. Born in a working class family in Erstville. His mum prayed for their five kids that one of them would go to the mission field. Left school early, became a fitter and turner, kind of had no aspirations to really study, went to Bible college, loved Jesus. His brother was killed in the war on the Sindakan March in North Borneo. And so in his heart was stirred up a love for that nation. And so he went. And when he turned up, because of his skills, initially he was working on planes and boats, fixing engines, supporting people. But then God decided to use him in other ways. He had already been a pastor and assistant minister. And he started to become a pastor of a church and then planted many churches and looked after many pastors over the years. For 25 years, this ordinary man, working class and background, who loved Jesus, just kept going. When he returned to Australia, he was broken. Those 25 years took its toll. He was offered the opportunity to pastor churches and do other things. They thought about going out and being missionaries again. But he was broken. So he sold a thing called Amway. Have you heard of Amway? It's like a soap product. The trouble was, he was a terrible salesman. Because everywhere he went, he'd give it away. He'd see people in need and he'd say, oh no, you take it. You can't afford it. You can have it. But what was amazing was God provided. And in the end, our family was provided for, I'll tell you that story another day, in very miraculous ways. He was ordinary, but God used him. This afternoon, we had a Thanksgiving service here for a woman called Carol Poppett. Carol came to this church for about 30 years. She would turn up here in the last few years on a Sunday morning. She was committed to church, but she was very ill. She had a frame. When she came to church, she needed to go to the bathroom. It took her at least 15 minutes to get over there, and then another 15 minutes back. And then by the time she got back, she would sit down halfway through the service and fall asleep. But she loved the people of God. And she loved Jesus. And she wanted to meet with them. And throughout her life, she was often unemployed. She was a nurse's aide. From the outside, you might say she was ordinary. But as we looked through her things this week, she never married 
the service this afternoon was really the church family because that's about all, there, about all there was. She had certificate after certificate after certificate of people thanking her for her care, for her volunteer work. She knew Jesus. She was ordinary, but God used her. And he can use us as ordinary people, like he did with the church in Antioch. Sending us out to speak his word. Our names may never be known in history, but God has a plan. His hand is at work. His grace is evident. That's not only true. God is not only sending out the ordinary. He is also providing for those who gather in his name. As people started to meet in Antioch, one of the things they needed is a leader to care for them, to nurture them, to encourage them, to equip them. And so from Jerusalem comes Barnabas. He's known as the the man who encourages. And when he arrives, he encourages all those who are gathered to remain true to the Lord with all their heart. A beautiful phrase. Remain true. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. God is using you. God's hand is here. The grace is evident. And you see it written there. The grace is evident in what you're doing. But then he does something really interesting. As this church grows and Christians grow, he sends for Saul, who's later to become Paul. Now what I find interesting about this is He has to go and find him. The word that's used there in the Greek is like he had to really search. It was like a very bad game of hide and seek. He couldn't find him. And he had to go looking and looking and looking and looking. Now we think Paul was probably hiding because he was under persecution himself. A Jewish leader following Jesus. No doubt his life was threatened. But Barnabas knew that these people needed leadership, that the church needed leadership. And so Barnabas went and found him. Now what I find intriguing about this is that it's clear that Barnabas knows that Paul will eclipse him. That Paul will go on to do greater things. Because of the grace of God and because of the hand of God, Barnabas sees what is needed and raises up leaders and sends them out. And that's of great comfort to me because I can't tell you how many times as a minister I've seen great leaders raised up and then being sent them out. I just think, why? God, we've got a great team. What's happening? What are you doing? And then I realise, ah, the hand of the Lord. He's got other purposes. It's the grace of God at work. That's what he's doing. And I can rejoice. It's certainly the way I felt when I heard Sally was going. Like, why? She's been so wonderful. And then I thought, aha, 
God's got plans for Tamworth. He cares about them too. So we're a church that releases people, that sends them on their ways, rejoicing because we can see God's hand at work. Well, finally, what is also evident as God's hand is at work and God's grace is evident is that the disciples become generous. Can you imagine it? They've been scattered They've had to leave home. It's new days. It's not easy. Antioch is not a Christian-friendly city. They're finding their way in new circumstances. And yet they hear actually of a great famine that will take place back in Judea. And they gather as they can what they're able to to support the church back there. And God will use that gift to support those Christians who are in need far away because his hand is at work and God's grace is evident. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? When I think about our church, I think about a woman called Margaret Rogers. She came to this church for 30 or 40 years and a number of years ago she died. She left this church with a fair bit of money. She asked us to put it in a trust and not to spend it on maintenance because she was interested in ministry. Now because of her bequest we've been able to back the support of employing a children's minister because of her generosity. Because of her generosity, Jane and I got to travel to Israel off the interest that was earned. Parish council were very generous as well. You were very generous. But on top of that, while I was in Israel, our church was generous to some bishops in Myanmar we help support them in their travels too. The bishop, second from the right, has been imprisoned and under great persecution. When I spoke with him, it was so evident the grace of God filled his heart. Because we only contributed in a very small way to their church. But he was thankful to God what had been done. When God's hand is at work, God's grace is evident and people are generous. It's a beautiful thing. Now you might wonder sometimes, how is it possible that God's hand is always at work? Sometimes it doesn't feel like that. And you know, the only reason I can become convinced of that is because that hand is the hand that healed the sick, that raised the lame. It's that hand that was 
nailed to a cross on my behalf. That sought to find me as a shepherd when I was in the thicket and as a sheep I could not escape. That hand came and found me and rescued me. That's why it's true. listening to the Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church podcast. For more audio content and information about our church, please visit neac.com.au.